0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I have the honor to speak with Dr. Sarita Shah, one of our psychiatrists at Cal Psychiatry. She's a general psychiatrist with expertise treating a wide variety of mental conditions. She has specialty training in managing depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and maternal mental health. In addition to her broad knowledge and expertise in medication management, she draws upon her training in psychotherapy, motivational enhancement, and lifestyle medicine for a holistic approach to mental health and well-being. She believes that psychiatric care can significantly improve quality of life and employs a collaborative approach to create a plan that integrates your goals and values. Dr. Shaw works and sees patients at the Cal Psychiatry Del Mar office. Today, we talk more about one of her specialties: parenting and mental health. Welcome, Dr. Shaw. welcome. Thank you. I know one aspect of psychiatry that is something that you love working with and have had a lot of experience in is working with women's reproductive mental health. And I know part of what you deal with in women's reproductive mental
1: health is parenting. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really love this topic because we tend to think so much of parenting as this completely separate topic from mental health when really it's a huge life change. You have a whole new person, you know, especially for first time parents, a whole new person that's entered your dynamic. If you are with a partner raising this child, all of a sudden there's a third person who is now interacting with you, interacting with your partner and also affecting how you and your partner interact. And One of the things that I often hear from new parents is that they expected it to be different, that they expected this to be completely joyful, to fall in love immediately, and for this to not be so hard when really kind of universally just about parenting is difficult and it can bring up a lot of feelings about adequacy and worth. And I think one of the most unexpected things for people is that it can bring up thoughts about how they were raised as children, their feelings and their thoughts about their own parents. And this can all be compounded so much if parents, either mother or father, or both are experiencing depression or anxiety. And not just in the postpartum period, because I think recently there's been a lot more attention to postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, not just in the person who has the baby, but also in their partners, but that this continues you know, through infancy, through toddlerhood, as you get a little kid, going through adolescence. These are all big changes for parents to go through and for them to navigate their own mental health.
0: Yeah. You also, as you were talking about, I was also thinking about anxieties that come up. And so you think about people who are predisposed to anxiety and anxieties about pregnancy and the outcome and what's going to happen. But then also this idea of anxieties related to now having to keep a human alive and well and what are the right choices. And so there's a lot wrapped up in parenting that is kind of your own stuff that maybe gets amplified given the fact that now there's this other person that you're responsible for.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And the fact that it doesn't stay the same, you know, when you have an infant, it's so hard, you know, a newborn is so difficult because they don't sleep a lot. So your sleep gets impacted and you're really trying to address all of those basic needs. How do I help them sleep? How do I feed them? And there's, Obviously, thoughts about attachment, you know, how do I promote my relationship with them? But oftentimes, because your infant is mostly, you know, nonverbal, that kind of feels secondary. And then they grow a little older, they start to talk to you. And all of a sudden, maybe some of those physical needs become a little bit easier. But now the anxiety comes up. How do I make this a person? I worry about how to make my child happy. And a lot of times what can happen is when your child is having a completely developmentally appropriate tantrum, that can feel a lot like failure. Why is my child like this? And sometimes that's because we don't really have a good sense of what's developmentally appropriate. And sometimes it's because we struggle with anxiety or depression and this predisposition to negatively evaluate ourselves. And our children sometimes become a reflection of who we see ourselves to be, whether that's fair or not to our child, that can be a tendency. Right. I'm
0: curious, kind of thinking about how that happens, right? So are you talking about parenting styles kind of shape a
1: child's behavior? There's definitely a portion of a child's temperament that's inborn. You know, to a certain extent, people are born with tendencies for certain personalities, I guess I should say. but. Recently, we've had a lot of attention on attachment parenting and what that looks like. And sometimes when you look on social media, attachment parenting is kind of touted as this way of making sure that your child grows up happy and secure. And that through attachment parenting, you're really trying to build the blueprint for how your child is going to have intimate relationships with other people throughout their lives. Where it gets kind of sticky. Is how do we do that? And sometimes on social media, you'll see people who are saying, well, you must breastfeed. That's integral. Or you must baby wear. If they're constantly attached to you, then that's attachment period. You must bed share. If you co-sleep, well, that's the fundamental portion. When really we don't know what's going to be effective for everybody in terms of those particulars. What we really are going for with attachment parenting is forming a secure base, a place of safety for your child, a place they know that they can come back to and feel safe and loved, and knowing that they're not too much for you. And that's, I think, really where... I see the importance of making sure that parents have appropriate mental health care when they're going through parenting. Because if you're so depressed, you can't get out of bed, or if you're so anxious that everything feels overwhelming to you, even going out of the house, children are really perceptive. They can realize that, oh, the things I'm asking of my mom or my dad are too much for them. And that can lead to children feeling like they need to regulate their emotions to protect their parents, rather than parents being that safe space for them where they can go out, explore, individuate, find themselves while knowing they have a safe person to come back to.
0: Right. I also want to kind of go back to this idea of mistakes in parenting. How do you think about that with the patients you see? And how do you talk about that? Because I think there is a lot of guilt associated with, Maybe what parents are not doing right or things are doing wrong.
1: Yeah, you know, I think this is so tough because it's in one of those gray areas that most people are not entirely comfortable living in because nobody is a perfect parent. And that's, that's one of the few absolutes I feel very comfortable with, that nobody is going to do this perfectly. And oftentimes what we say is that it's not necessarily that you don't make mistakes. It's how you react to mistakes you know, sometimes you're going to feel overstimulated or just overwhelmed by what's happening and maybe you might yell. And that's not the style or the parenting you'd like to use, but that you come back and you actually apologize. And, you know, and part of this is also kind of this idea that you treat children in some ways just like a person. You respect them. You say, you have feelings too, and I hurt them by yelling at you. And that you're also modeling at the same time that it's okay to make mistakes and this is how you deal with it when you make a mistake. Right. Of course, I also don't want that to come across like, you know, if you're yelling at your kids all day, as long as you say you're sorry, it's okay, right? Because there's there's a balance between this. You still have to feel secure and feel like you are somebody that they can come back to.
0: right. So, I'm curious in terms of your experience working with postpartum depression, this idea of as a psychiatrist, how do
1: you provide support to these moms or parents? Yeah, that's a great question because so much of, you know, postpartum depression, there's obviously a biological side to it, all of the hormone shifts that are happening, but also kind of a psychosocial aspect to it. A lot of Lack of support, people who don't have family nearby to support their ability to sleep in the postpartum period. So, oftentimes, what I really like to do with my patients is basically postpartum planning. And so we'll go over together. Let's have all of these plans in place. Who can you call if something is going wrong? What are the things that briefly you might want to do to make your life easier? Is it a house cleaner? Is it getting a meal delivery service? Is it getting a night nurse or a postpartum doula to help you out? With the idea that none of these things are permanent because as we talked about, your child is going to change so much and his or her needs and your needs are going to change so much. So let's figure out what we can do to make this period easier. And also I think one of my favorite terms that I have learned in, I guess it's called circle of security, which is basically talks about attachment and parenting is delight in me. You know, that your child is not always going to be a delight, but that overall what a heady feeling for a child to feel like they're a delight to you but also for you as a parent to feel that delight in your child and I think that one of the things that really calls to me the most is that I want new moms and new dads to delight in their children because that's one of the rewards of parenting
0: yeah but that might look different I think there's the what keeps people from that delight sometimes I mean it, there's are many things but these expectations that people do place on them and to understand that people are all parents in different ways and they have different strengths as parents. And it just depends on background and personality style and circumstance, Mm -hmm. right? And so also kind of this idea of kind of allowing that flexibility to kind of allow that to emerge in whatever way that makes
1: the most sense for
0: them as parents.
1: Yeah. That's a great point about expectations. You know, what did you think that having a kid was going to look like and how flexible are you typically you know these aren't things that come out of nowhere you know typically if you're pretty rigid before you have a kid that's not just going to change overnight when you have a kid and being able to think about what is that flexibility going to look like in terms of expectations
0: i mean i think one of the points we're talking about is it's really important to maximize your mental well-being as a parent in order to be the best parent that you can possibly be, right? And this idea that if you have residual depression, residual anxiety, that really will affect your effectiveness and joy as a parent. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I think that's where you come in in that in that way, in terms of thinking about how can we help people maximize their mental well-being, but in addition. Talking about, I mean, I think what you do, which I think is so special is talk with parents, not only about like, let's have you be less depressed or anxious, but how do you be? How do you want to be as a parent? How do we shape this? What are your expectations? What part of your expectations that maybe aren't coming true are contributing to your depression and anxiety?
1: Yeah. And I think that's why this is especially one of those cases where therapy and medications if indicated are so important to have working together, you know, to have your psychiatrist and your therapist be really in close contact because it's all about goals and, you know, what is it that you want to be? And if you're not living as a parent, the way that you want to be, why, why is that? And how can we support you in getting there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make
0: sure your information is on the episode description. Are there any books or resources that you often recommend to your patients when they have questions or want to just learn a little bit more about different types of parenting?
1: I, especially for the postpartum period, I like "Good moms have scary thoughts. I think that can normalize a lot of the thoughts that people beat themselves up about in the postpartum period and i especially like it because sometimes people will feel like those thoughts are so scary or they're so out of the ordinary that i can't go see somebody about it they're going to ask cps to take my children away if i tell them that i've had this thought you know and that's not what we do that's not our goal you know our goal is to help you start to feel more like yourself and like the person that you want to be. So I like that book. Really, I like any of the books that are out there about highly sensitive parenting, especially if you consider yourself to be somebody who is particularly attuned to the emotions and needs of others. That can be a really, really good resource for Figuring out how to manage your own needs for in terms of stimulation while also parenting. I'll make sure we have put some of those resources so the listener can
0: check those out if they're interested. I think this has been a great interview. I I love talking about parenting. And I I love that to hear you talk about it because I really enjoy how you conceptualize it and I can kind of just tell how how helpful it must be for many parents to talk to you about their struggles and questions about parenting. Before we say goodbye, are there? I often ask my guests any last words that you want to leave the listener with.
1: Yeah. I just want to say in terms of parenting and mental health, that this really is a systems process that your mental health, your partner's mental health, if you have one, your child's mental health, they all work together. And that's why it's important for everybody to be taken care of and for people not to neglect themselves because they think somebody else needs it more. It's about taking care
0: of yourself as a parent, right? And making sure you're taken care of, you can then maximize your effectiveness as a parent in whatever way that might look. I'm so glad we did this. We we picked this topic to discuss. I think it's a really important one. And I hope the listener finds it helpful.
1: I love it too, and I welcome anybody who would like to talk with me more about it. Well, thanks for being on. I appreciate you having me. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye.
0: This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories, and don't forget to subscribe.